What's going on, everybody? Asad Hashmali back again with another episode of Behind the Grind. Yes, it's the first one since I'm home. Uh, if the audio is shit, forgive me. And if the video is shit, then well, you can't do much about it. We're all in a lockdown. Hope everyone is safe and sound. Guest for today is Miss Anusha Khan. Anusha, how are you? Great. How are you? Very well. How's the lockdown going for you? Man, it's been interesting. I think I fluctuate between feeling really grateful to feeling really annoyed, and there's no in between, really. You know, but uh, so far, all right. Learning out. Yeah. I like how you said that you know fluctuating from like being grateful from feeling like really horrible. I was talking to my aunt right now and she's in Canada and she's like you know everyone's just stuck it's so we're so fed up. And I'm like I just hate how people are forgetting that they 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 need to be grateful also especially if you're like yeah. in a, in our position I think that you have to start practicing that on a day-to-day basis. But we're all human. We're all human at the end of the day. So for all those listening, Anusha is basically that big sister I wish I had but never had. Uh, she's been there for me uh, throughout many ups and many many downs, and she's always been someone who's picked me up, which is why she's been on the list. And eventually, now I have her on behind the grind. So Anusha has always been a huge supporter of setting me up for whatever I'd want to do. I don't even know if Anusha remembers this, but back when I was in uni, you were helping me with my resume, you were helping me with my cover letter, you were helping me figure out should I actually pursue something in film or should I go to Unilever? And we were trying to figure out ways to get a foot into PMI and Unilever and all these corps as well. So if you're in uni right now, unfortunately, uh, well, the market's shit, but. Um, if you are looking for some career advice then you won't get much from here but you will hear some really true stories so anushe uh, let's dive right into it you always wanted to be a writer is that correct yeah ever since i was a kid i think i've always uh, been inclined towards it but it was weirdly a guilty thought like i thought that that wasn't something that i could admit to really mm-hmm. uh, because uh, proper career paths were going corporate or doctor or this or that or whatever and i think on some level no matter how easy going our family is if you come from like desi parenting these are yeah. the practical reasons which they push you forward so i i used to write since i was like 8 but it's only when i was 24 that i thought mm, no you want to be a writer you know yeah. and even then there's like this embarrassment that's associated with it so if anybody asks me what i do i'd be like oh i do this 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 and i you know yeah. as if unless you're published author it's not a real thing yeah. but yeah so it's always been secondary and now it's starting and there was a point in time where you actually made it primary right yeah so actually the thing is that something like writing can't just be uh, unless it takes off unfortunately and i'm talking strictly in terms of like fiction writing because that's what i'm interested in obviously with journalism and article writing and blogging or whatever there are different directions it can take but i think the good and the bad part, bad part about being me is that i'm very specific about what my dream is and it's that or nothing else right so even with writing in order for it to become like my primary pursuit i have to be really kick ass at it and that takes years of practice so like yeah. writing definitely has and still to a certain extent is a secondary thing because mm-hmm. you still have to supplement your income until you can like depend on that as your only source of income yeah. but been able to do while pursuing my goal is to sort of create these multiple paths all of which i enjoy so i finally come to a point in my career where i'm just like everything that i'm doing currently is leading to something and it's all beautiful 
for you know lack of any other so, so uh, let's actually go uh, let's let's go back in time a little bit walk walk me through how was your path and your journey um after high school during uni and then once you got to your first job what was that time like it was very difficult um the thing is uh, even though i knew what i wanted there was a lot of pressure let's say you know like from doing it the right way so for example with my all other there was have to take science subjects right then i went on doing my inter was computer science then i went into a university going into a bachelor so it's a, of business and firstly none of these careers really converged at any point all of them were in very different directions and although i knew what i wanted to do i still seemed to be meandering somehow and like i remember having this really heated argument once with my family where i was just like what is the point because i actually went to university around 2008 when the recession was hitting and stuff and their argument always was making money is important you know you're very um, wishful in your thinking you know that you're going to go out there and you know life is not about money life is about money it's how you get by but for me it's always been a means to an end and even then my argument was what is the point of being a mediocre at something which everybody is a part of you know when i can be the best at something that maybe not everybody is a part of and that's always been my philosophy even if i haven't been able to act on it so even when i started working again it was very difficult right because like when to cs private school different way of education whatever went to zabis different setup different ways of doing things different system of education went into the corporate world again was coming from two different bubbles or into this new different world um then there's corporate politics there's this there's that is just the general lack of willingness in terms of doing my work so yeah it was all incredibly difficult and i'm also one of those people who needs to wear the thing through like i needed to know that i didn't want to do it for sure you know so i tried different things within the corporate sector so i did the whole banking thing as an internship i did the mnc thing i did the local company thing i did the management trainee thing i did the development sector thing and i was just like man just accept it you know this is not the path for you and it will be very yeah. difficult for you to explain to people that it's not the path for you but you've known it since you were a kid just own it now and that's when i quit so do you think Five that trial years. and error was actually for sorry 5 years later i 5 years later yeah so um do you think that it was that that trial and error was more for other people and not really for yourself yep for sure even before i left the corporate world it was like see i was able to make this happen this happened this happened i did this i did this i proved something to myself and to everybody else but this is there was a really big factor as far as everybody else was concerned but i think there was also a personal thing because i also had this fear that maybe i don't want to do it because i don't think i'm good at it or i'm not good at it so this was also my way of saying it's not that you're not good at it you're just not inclined in that direction so once i had proved that to myself as well on certain level i was like okay you got what you had to and at this point onwards it gets serious you can't be half ass about how you do it because you're never going to get ahead in fact you would get fired you know because after yeah. a certain point is like okay after this you going becoming mid level becoming manager you becoming a director you becoming yes you coming that your responsibilities increase around the crease so unless you're able to give it that uh, type of focus and commitment you're not really going to be able to go places so it was one of those turning points where i was just like 
either I stick it out and then that's the trajectory or I just stop here and then actually do what I need to and find my purpose yeah. or reclaim my purpose. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's like you knew that if you wanted to stick it out, you could. And that yeah. was like, for you, that's that you had, there was never that doubt in yourself for that lack of confidence that, you know, if I wanted to get it done, I would have still like kicked ass and like made it to the top, but I don't yeah. need to. That's not my yeah. scene. Exactly. And actually it wasn't even as clear cut sometimes. Like I actually quit the corporate world and went back as well. And that was again, one of those moments where it wasn't an easy decision where I had made um, a switch in my career and I realized, you know what, you might have moved too soon because at that point and that fear was still alive. But I was just like, are you quitting because you don't want to do this or are you quitting because you don't think you're good enough? And that seed of doubt was very, very strong. And so that's when you went back to PMI the second time, right? No. I somehow got lucky as well, like, you know, that they they ended up calling me and I was like, sure, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, and I went back and it was a wonderful experience. I did really well uh, the time that I was there, I made some good friends, the work was fine or whatever. And once I reached a certain point, I was like, okay, now I know what the rhythm is. Mm-hmm. And now I know that I do it, I just know that it's not for me. And then I left the second time. And even when I left the second time, obviously, like when you've left once before, you're not taken as seriously and everyone in heart still takes you again in a year. But, you know, like I knew that this time. Yeah. yeah. Lil, did you know they were, um, they were waiting and they're like, where, where is she? They're looking at the, outside the doors, like she, she's, she's supposed to be here. Where is she? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, that's cool. So, um, Let's come to your purpose, actually. You mentioned that it was about reclaiming your purpose, but that purpose, so I, I was actually tagged on Instagram recently about like, you know, these challenges are popping up for like the COVID. Like, the, someone asked me, someone tagged me on like expressing your why, like, what is your why? And me, you know, for a second, I was like, I don't know what my why is. Why are you asking me? What makes you think I know what my why is? But yeah. coming to your why, coming to your purpose, when did you actually discover that? Like, what, what was that defining moment? Uh, what were those series of events that got you to realize, okay, I need to, my, my, my purpose is X and now it's time to reclaim that. I think it had a little bit to do with always feeling unsettled in what I was doing, right? So whenever I was in a certain field or doing certain amount of work, there was something that didn't feel right for me. So I can't say that, oh, the job was bad or this, you know, because it works for different people, different things work for different people. And I feel like your purpose, if you are evolving as a person, will keep getting, will keep evolving as well. And it's possible there's the same purpose, it just ends up becoming more and more, it has more finesse as it goes on, right? So when I, when I left, I was like, I want to write, but then there were all these like, why is associated with it? I wasn't really able to resolve them. And I think over time, in the two, two and a half years that I haven't been a part of the corporate world, I've come to realize that like, it's all about connecting. And for me, my writing is a way of connecting. The business that I run right now, which is basically public speaking for kids, is a way for me to connect with them. So ultimately, my purpose is to be able to connect with others. And as far as my writing is concerned, give them material that resonates with them so that they can find themselves in the words and in that they find comfort or a safe space. So what I basically want to be able to do is you know, connect with people and create a safe space for them. So I aim for that in my classrooms and I aim for that in my writing as well. Interesting. And that's something that 
that you realized with time it wasn't something that even in your early 20s did you know that that that's this bond this bond basically that you want to create with people through your art your craft your business not at all i had absolutely no idea i just thought i wanted to be right i just wanted to write and be famous and if i wasn't famous then i wasn't going to write that was the crux of it when i was younger it's just that when you go older you realize no that's not it actually because i mean i've written a fair bit and i'm really not famous yet but there's a sense of fulfillment you have when you write something it, it's just different it's like even yeah. if one person did and they're just like wow that was good and i felt this bad or whatever there's this satisfaction you get from it that you don't get from anything else and it's the same thing with my classes like if i have even one parent who comes to me and says you made a difference and my kid was able to connect with you he can't connect with anybody and he's doing so well now it's just it's like cool job well done and impact with even one person great Yeah. Great. Awesome. Awesome. So you you never felt that this was something that was too far fetched and I don't want to get into the speak up yet actually. But just your okay. just just your 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 dream or or your your purpose or your desire. You never thought that was like a far fetched idea in any way that I thought it was super far fetched. Yeah. Be a writer wanting to be a successful writer. I used to research writers all the time. So any Pakistani author I knew had studied abroad, had gotten that degree. I dedicated their life to it. Um, just were more arty, maybe. I thought there was a certain personality type that fit into the writer, mm-hmm. didn't fit into. Um, and it, like I said, it was just like either you're successful and that's what qualifies you as a writer, or nothing at all. So no, I didn't think it was at all achievable. In fact, even when I used to tell people that oh, I want to be a writer, they'd be like, okay, so journalist, and I'd be like, no. Okay, so blogger, and I was like, no. Okay, content writer. It's like okay, sometimes I need to do that to make money, but no, right? Because so for because for them, they're still trying to figure out a few. Like even when I quit my corporate job, there was actually a really dear friend of mine from there who I got along with famously, and he was like super ambitious, super bright. We got along great. But even when I was leaving, he was like, "What's wrong with you? You're just going to sit in bed and write poetry. Like why can't you do that while you're working?" So you know, there were so many people who couldn't fathom what. writing fiction men because they just thought of it as like a fluff job and because i'd also been surrounded by that sort of mindset for so long i also like i said i felt a certain level of embarrassment to say that like i want to write because i thought it's fluff it's only when you start doing it you realize actually it's probably the most difficult thing you will it is actually a really challenging profession yeah. which makes it more interesting i remember you went for one of those um you uh, are stuck now am i am i fine Yeah, now you're fine. See, people, this is the reality of doing these conversations while you're on lockdown. Internet is shit. All right, doesn't matter if you have 100 Mbps. This is my biggest problem with COVID. Bandwidth, right? Oh, you're stuck again. Better? Yeah, now you're back. Okay, great. Yeah. All right. Yeah, bandwidth is a big problem during COVID, isn't it? Huge problem. Mm-hmm. So. Um, This actually, uh, I remember you going to one of those writers' um, writing escapes or those uh, those trips. I don't know what the right term is, but like retreats, right? Long time ago. On a writers' retreat, um, I joined writers' forums. So um, that's the thing. I was trying to look for. some validation right so i'd been told by the corporate world that that's not a thing and then i went around finding 
different writers groups that I could be a part of, communities that I could be a part of. So then I realized that actually I'm not alone in this dream, right? So there's actually a really big organization known as DC Writers Lounge who I uh, immediately got associated with. And I ended up doing this thing known as NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month. And actually, yeah, speaking of my writing dream, it came to full life in 2014 when I was about to leave my job at National School. There was one of those really big moments in my life for me where it, I felt like I sat there and a book was pouring out of me. And I sat there throughout my resignation period, sorry, National Food. And from nine to six, all I would do is just like sit there and type away at this like book that I was creating. And it was such an amazing and surreal experience that had never happened to me before. And then it stopped, right? And then I went around chasing that same book again. So I joined Desi Writers Lounge I tried to compete it in NaNoWriMo and then I tried to turn it into something that it wasn't. Like I said, like at that point in time, I thought that you write because you get famous because you're whatever. So the reasoning was all wrong. I wanted to preach things. I wanted to tell people about my experience. I wanted to be wise. The more you want to be something, the less it shows on paper, right? I was just like uh. this person on paper and I wasn't even realizing why it was happening. And over time, I joined, for example, DC Writers Lounge, where there were other writers who were in the same journey as me. So I was like, cool, I'm not alone. There's a bunch of people from like the age of 16 to 45, all trying to do the same thing. Um, then I did a bunch of courses online where I was showing my work, but anonymously, and I was getting feedback on it. And then I was improving and I was like, that's interesting. And it was, and the thing that I learned was that when I was talking shit on paper, people were able to detect it too easily. You know, it was just like, oh, you're trying here and you're trying here. And it's just like, you also realize that, you know, in the corporate world or in your job, and you, you know, you feel like you can outsmart people. In writing, you mm -hmm. can't outsmart anybody. You can't because you they can't. can see. There's like so much honesty that is required in order for you to be good. And that's why it's such a grueling process. And then again, you know, I was still not in the same journey as others. So I actually ended up finding this Pakistani author called Bilal Tanvir, who's also a professor at LAMS. And I just like wrote him and I was like, hey man, don't know how to do this. You know, I want to write, what would you say? Should I try for a master's program? Should I like join a writer's community? Like how does this work? And he was basically like, does it work any which way you want it to? And he put me in touch with two of his uh, ex-students from LAMS. And we ended up creating this thing called a writer's circle, which was this writing community, which went from three of us to like 16 of us who like talk books, talk literature, write together, check each other's work, all of that. And with this community, I saw myself improve as a writer. But with that, I also realized that no matter how many people are in the room with me writing, ultimately it's a solitary process. So the entire thing is still on me, you know, so I can go around creating this out, outside world and outwardly thing, mm. it's not about, it's all about what's going on inside. And as long as I'm able to connect there, I'll be able to produce work of good quality outside. Interesting. Wow. So, so all of this discovery, all of this, this whole journey as a whole, how that lead up to speak up your baby now? Let's talk about that. Honestly, it initially it just started off as me like trying to make money. <laughs> so when I could yeah. also get used to earning a certain amount of, you know, yeah. money 
and like with me it was like i had my room at my desk in the corner all of a sudden i went from like giving orders getting congratulated on a presentation da 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 to nobody applauding me for like anything you know and a lot of it was just like rubbish applause that anyone needed but like whatever you know and all of a sudden you're quiet in your room trying to figure out how to make the next buck and initially i started content writing so i wrote all these like the things i had to write if you ever seen and i hope it never comes up but like on instagram if you ever seen those really sleazy kind of um animated cartoon things like what do you think she's going to do next a go into the office b yeah 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 so well, that was one of my first projects okay for <laughs> <laughs> wow. and and i wrote like 24 of those and i really hope they never come up um then i ended up doing what I, oh i ended up subtitling a pakistani drama okay so i like for iflex so i did god knows how many episodes of that i watched the whole of yakin ka safar followed that through you know and uh, did that then they realized she's gripping her way too much for what she's doing so they like that was the end of that but had that continued honest to god that would have been fantastic um then other than that then i started doing like product reviews from like swiss cheese to bags to like pillows like i had random information about everything under the sun over here and i was just like need to find something more sustainable right so i also had this yeah. one bichara who i was like teaching at the time and his mother basically said that oh you know like um, he has trouble speaking in front of people and stuff so how about i put together a group of five kids for you just make me a cute little poster and you can maybe do like public speaking classes even because i wanted to speak up in class but that cool wanted to go on a holiday that year needed some shopping money i was like great and when i taught that class it was like 11 to 13 year old and i had a fantastic time they had a fantastic time and i actually saw the impact it was having on the kids as it was happening so i was like i think there's something here and i also and it also really resonated with me because when i was in the corporate world this was one of my biggest issues that i see like the smart people if they weren't able to communicate their message properly ya to wo chup ho jate the they wouldn't say anything ya if they said it, it didn't matter what would happen is that the people would come and shining and shimmering and actually saying nothing but just saying it in a way packaged really well would be getting ahead whereas the ones who were actually working hard were so i was just like where does the problem start and honest to god it's school and even when i was in school i was supremely shy so all of a sudden it all started going in my head you know and so while i was on my holiday i was like hmm, can this become something i think it's going to become something and then i was like what age group do i think is going to become something and i was like you know what teenagers are really rough and uh, you know that's where i should start my first batch so i'm going to go home and i'm going to like you know do this properly so the first thing i did was i put together this video which in hindsight was stupid because my program is called speak up and i mimed the whole thing out So technically, I should have been talking. I don't know why. Yeah. Right. Now I realize, but whatever. Got like props for it anyway, and I put together my first batch. Just pay. मुझे बिचारे तीन चार बच्चे आ गए थे दो रोज़ ऐसे, and then a bunch of parents are saying, "What seven seven year olds? Why not for eight year olds or whatever?" And I was like, "Because I think eleven to thirteen year olds need it." Which is the second lesson in business, which is listen to the customer and don't always think you're right. So I was like, all right, you know what, man? I'm gonna try the seven to ten. I don't know if I'll be able to help them, but whatever, you know. Yeah. Seven to ten is where it's at. And actually, 
in terms of even teaching them is just that's where you're able to create the most impact because they haven't really become people yet when you're a teenager you've got like then your personality is forming right you're rebelling you have your values you have this you have that when you're seven or ten you can still be like shaped in terms of like the beliefs and the views that mm-hmm. you so then seven or ten then i went to huck went to bayview and then was say started expanding to more schools currently i'm at cedar grammar etc etc and hoping to grow it more so what started as holiday money really turned into something stupendous because like the kind of kids that come to me are fantastic and parents come to me and they actually trust me with and i see the evolution and that's what's so beautiful and what the good part is about teaching confidence building or public speaking is that it's not that he got a 9 out of 10 and you can tell that to the parent and they're with you because it's not a race anymore it's depending on where they're at in the journey and parents understand that so all of a sudden we're like this team you know what i mean the parents mm-hmm. are actually working towards and everyone's congratulating each other for getting better so that in itself is such a beautiful thing to be a part of so yeah that's big wow. up for you that's cool so it all started off as like a mere little hustle and it was nothing sexy about it and it just became something that's that's beautiful and having such a big impact wow yeah and here i was thinking that yaar yeah, anush is doing speak up this has to have like some uh, she's maybe she's she's she saw something when she was a kid and there was some reflection and it's yes. like let's fix that but that that was like a byproduct also right man that's the thing right? like i mean i'm going to sound really cheesy right now but like i'm all about like famous people and their quotes and this and that so i know, feel like, you man i feel you that, like when you look right i know you feel me i know you get it. uh so with people whatever he be like if you look back then you can connect the dots but you can't connect the dots going there so i feel like i've sort of like embraced that philosophy ever since i put the corporate world because if anybody asks me why you doing this i'm just like at this point isn't and then when i look back i'm like yeah you know what given where what my upbringing is given where i was at with my all of it sort of like fits together is just that i wouldn't be able to articulate it as it mhm yeah very interesting so did you I, i'm still blown away by the fact that before speak up after the corporate world you were also uh, writing swiss cheese reviews i had no idea about that i'm not even blown like the the, the subtitling of urdu dramas i get that the pakistani dramas i i can see where the money's at but like um yeah yeah but it's did you again so the so the same pushback question this is something that you you're doing for yourself so and even in these notes you saw that i wrote like what was the step as an entrepreneur and even that term is so like over gratified and romanticized now also uh but like did you were you did you ever shit your pants like for the lack of a better yeah. question in this process that do what if this is like blows up in front of me ek batch acha chal gaya do batch acha chal gaya then abhi bhi ho sakta it can happen at any given point right but i also feel like that's with anything is that you realize it you know yeah you can lose a new we would be sitting here uh, uh bachpan mein hum log ke ye hota if you see a dream that oh 
I wish my O levels are cancelled and graded only on my school exams. Who would have thunk it? You know that we're here right now, and that actually might be happening for kids, right? So it's just yeah. like it is chaotic, and so that thing that is going to work out because we've done this, this, this. That I think that's what I've learned in these two two and a half years because I went from like this is the step, and this is the step, and then you get here, and this is happening. Whereas actually, truthfully, if you're actually being honest with yourself, that's not how it works. So, and I think I've sort of accepted that about life. So yes, I mean the first eight months were really difficult for me because again I was coming from that sort of mindset into mm-hmm. what felt like complete chaos because of the kind of work I was doing. But what I've realized is that somehow or the other, when you need something really bad, it does happen. Like mm-hmm. it's together in a way that you didn't expect. Like even with this coronavirus or whatever, I was just like, how am I going to do online classes? What are going to become of them? How like like you know English math or Parasit the online? How am I going to teach kids how to speak? You know, the cameras, yeah. their voice. My lessons are better. You know, I've actually like done things in these lessons where I was just like, these kids understand my lessons better than they did when I was doing my classes face to face. I will actually incorporate this, right? Or I this fantastic like nonfiction ebook project that I, that just dropped out of nowhere in the middle of this or whatever. So what I've realized is that like things happen. You just got to keep making the effort. And say no to the right projects, and say yes to the right projects, and just the ball will keep rolling. And if the product is good, man, everything else falls into place. You just need to know that your intention in your product is in the right place. So yeah. Joe, this is taking me back to when I was like twenty years old, and you were giving me this kind of wisdom back then, also. So it's been no, five years. Right? Well, it's not because of that, it's okay. If I'm still working for tobacco, I'm saying. Follow your dreams, man. You know that talking uh, rubbish. You know? <laughs> no, but but good, it worked on it. It did. Yeah, I I I think it did. I don't know. Uh, we'll find that out in five years' time as well. We'll see. Um, but so I like how you, the way the way you're putting it all also, and many of us just forget this that it's never linear, right? The, your trajectory is it's wow. always made to be that. Uh, and this is a very simple thought, also that you know you climb those steps, climb that ladder, manat karo, usi raaste pe ro. But that's not fucking true. Pandra saal ka bazaar ho, beta. Yeah. Nobody likes it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but I do think I personally think that you still need to go through that because if you don't go through that, you won't get that realization. Yes. You know. So it's like a twisted uh, little lesson that you have to learn, and like. True. But also, there's different ways to learn that lesson. That's also not linear. Yeah, true. That's why I wait for people to fuck up around me so that I can learn their lessons and not fuck up myself. But yeah, that's a good. That's one. That's a. So with speak up, with speak up, did you ever feel that that pushback? You ever like? Um, I know there's that there's that there's a fear of it, like just stopping one day. How long has it been? It's been you said over ten months, over a year now. No, right? it's been like a year and a half now. A year and a half now, right? Oh, time flies, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, do do you, uh, was there ever that pushback initially, or was it always something that you actually got support from, especially from family? I think my, I come from a family of teachers, so that's something that they also understand and appreciate. So I feel okay. like, also, I feel like the moment I got on the journey and I was believing in my journey, somehow everybody else started believing in it too. So again, like I said, it always comes back to your. own in yourself or whatever so when yeah. i started 
people were very supportive and actually there was a lot of external validation that i was getting like wow what a, and especially from people my age the people who messaged me and said i wish this was there when i was a kid you know and friends of mine who i wouldn't have ever pegged to be like shy or whatever when they were kids it's just we've all been through it right so externally yeah. everybody a great program and that sort of spurred me to continue and there is a need you know i'm not trying to tell you something no yeah. doesn't confidence issues are a real thing you put me in front of a camera now my first 5 minutes are still like this you know like i can't yeah. help it it's everybody you know so it's a life long skill so on some level whether it becomes this or this yeah it keeps chugging along if you know yeah. what i mean But how do you think that schools actually took it? Like, um, uh, how, like for example, when you say public speaking, I remember you spoke to me about it for Cedar also, and um, yeah. th- I know at an older age group, for, especially for like high schools or A level schools, there'd be that well, public speaking to humbi karate, lekin aap learne se karne ke liye karate, aap ye bhi to nahi karte na ki wo bande ke confidence bhi aaye saath saath, right? There's there's no There's no equality in that process. I feel so. How do you think? How did schools take that? Uh, how how did they receive it? I fell in certain places, right? Because I mean, I'm not drama. Hmm. I'm not MUN. I'm not whatever. I'm confidence building. But I mean, I also take that as an advantage because then I can all of this can come under my ambit. You know, uh, storytelling also can come under my ambit. Uh, I can borrow from improv, drama, theater, and it can be a part of it. Debate can also be a part of it. MUN can also be a part of it. Now I have a platform which is related to articulation. Now, for, when I sell myself outside of schools, this works great. For schools, this can be a problem, but only for the older lot because then they become a little bit more MUN and this and that. But what's good about schools these days, and what's changing is the fact that after-school programs are becoming a thing, right? So it just becomes a okay. You don't need to pitch this to me. You need to pitch it to the parent. So then, all of a sudden, there like these stalls that are out there, and then if you're able to convince the parent of that need, or if the child sees that he enjoys it, they can be a part of it. So I think that's where I've sort of lucked out, where I haven't really had to explain. There's drama, there's me, there's public speaking, there's whatever. Mm. Pick what you like. So yeah, that way it's been good. But I think schools are a lot more open-minded in terms of what they're doing now than when say I was a kid. So mm. I more. Room for something like this than mm-hmm. say like five years ago. All right, sweet, sweet. So, so now Speak Up has also well, Anushay Khan has also gone into collaborating with other people, or Speak Up has gone into collaborating yeah. with other people. So, tell me about that. What is after after school? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I think with the the coronavirus hitting, one of the good things that have come out is that everybody wants to help a brother out. Okay, so I was basically with uh, with Jump Chinese, and she's this girl. Mar, it's run by two girls, Maria and Solid, both lovely. Uh, Maria is often next to me uh, in in these stalls, and we're like pitching to each other and pitching. You know, like it's it's really like yeah, yeah. a thing to be a part of or whatever. And when this hit, I was like, hey man, maybe I'll do like a session with her, and we'll do one together where. we kind of discuss what we do in our classes so we end up playing a bunch of games with each other she she named harry potter and i chinese i had to guess i did a bunch of my speak up like games with her whatever just to give people an idea in terms of what we do and you know to sign up for our online classes because obviously all of us had to go digital when schools weren't a platform for us anymore and all of us were pushing that more aggressively 
to also realize that everybody's in this together, right? So we've got our after-school programs who, who are suffering. We've got our kids mm-hmm. who need things. We've got our parents who are scrambling about for resources from going to managing their jobs to managing their homes, managing their kids. All of that becomes combined. And we just basically wanted to create a platform where all of us get a chance to basically benefit, right? So now yeah. after our basically initiative, which has multiple sort of messages, which we hope become clearer over the course of time. So one is just a place where people can get resources for their kids. You know, uh, we've got like this database with this cool little QR code where you can download things as they go on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got uh, live sessions and demo sessions that we do with different after-school programs. So, you know, like what they're teaching, what classes are happening. Demo karadia, parents benefit because they learn whether that's something they want to sign up for. After-school programs benefit because they can showcase it. And then also, over time, I want to show that learning can be fun. You know, it doesn't need to yeah. be 1 is equal to 2 is equal to A plus in my math, in my A level, right? Like every kid learns differently. Multiple intelligences learning can be fun playing is a part of learning all of that so building that context around learning which i wish that we had had when we were younger and i feel like as after school programs we have the privilege of right because even when Mari and i were talking with we just like we're so lucky that we can go and just have a goofy and fun time with our kids get them to learn and leave we don't have this like boxed yeah. assembly line stuff that we need to teach with with just our education system is unfortunately like carved around right they don't have a choice but to teach like that with us we get to teach differently and that's what's fun. But over time, I would hope to encourage children to learn in those different ways. So yeah, it's just a platform for all of us to connect and just learn how to learn better. See, I like that. Learn how to learn better. And and it's, again, like you said, it. It's this is one of the great things that's come out of the virus also, the pandemic and the yeah. lockdown, that we're pushed into that, like, we're pushed in a very uncomfortable position that yeah. everyone has to adapt. And like my partner, her, she, my partner is um, a mother of two. And uh, I actually pushed her towards um, after after school. And she's like, okay, this is actually pretty cool. Like this is, this is something that I could potentially like, you know, use or like, you know, explore with my kids. Because, well, as it is, like, I know, I completely understand that even though I'm not a parent, I'm going to try and act like a dad. But like, I completely understand that, well, parents are in a really sticky situation. Teachers are in a really sticky situation that they have to go online. They have to relearn everything. Right? Yeah. And you're the modern teacher from your family, right? Like your mom, I'm pretty sure also had to like relearn a lot of Daddy, For her, it's so much tougher because with me, my kids are older and I can just goof around with them. She's teaching yeah. them language, phonics and, you know, holding things up, trying to keep a four-year-old interested in what you're teaching when you're, when you can't reach out and do that for them. You know, kids yeah. get destroying your toys. Like, how yeah. do you manage your sense to teach? It's actually quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. So, so how do you think that during this lockdown, actually, um, schools have, well, actually, let's, let's come back to schools for a second. Um, but how do you think that schools have adopted or sorry, have adapted to the lockdown itself? Do you think they're doing a good job in actually passing on the lessons? I think everyone's just doing the best they can. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the, the unfortunate truth of it all. Like, I mean, we're all learning as we go along. Like, like I said, mm-hmm. I was petrified in my online sessions. I had no idea how they would turn around. It's just when we did it, we, I realized mm-hmm. that something was manageable. Uh, grammar did its classes until like now, I think. Yeah. Um, they're trying to understand how to do online learning. 
I don't know what's going to become of schools opening in June, July. I don't see it happening because I feel like right now the utmost responsibility is just to make sure that your kids are safe. The learning will happen. The learning will happen through play. Like I said, we're here for the online classes. You just sit yeah. back. Our world is in lockdown. Three months in after this, there's not going to be some mega damage. Yeah. You know, like we're all supporting each other. In fact, schools have been so supportive. Where like the principals of certain schools have messaged and said, "How about you send us your." um posters and we're going to put that up on our app so that children are still learning on some form or the other so schools are actually still encouraging after school programs through their platforms still wow. which is yeah cool but i have this reservation also with like sorry continue continue sorry i didn't hear you go on i have this reservation though with um with with primary schools in particular because primary schools also are very protective of what they're doing and they think it's a secret sauce and that secret sauce can't go anywhere it's like this rivalry of of burger king and mcdonald's except with like 50 schools in in one neighborhood you know yeah. uh and i feel like in that the kid is missing out then you know someone like someone like you pops in and uh is offering something which is great and i'm not saying that there's a lot of other people also out there right who are trying to help the kids or who are trying to you know well at the end they run or start up a new business in education or innovate in education itself but it's just like i feel like this is pushback especially with younger kids because then their after school activities end up becoming private tuitions to get into another school or you know to migrate out or something like that i feel but that's just me No, no, it is true. It is a big problem, but that's a societal problem also, right? Because everything for us is very results-oriented. So if you can't yeah. see, like, that's why stuff like robotics and STEM, aside from the fact that it's amazing, no offense to anybody who does it, I think it's great. Um, but that's why they're more inclined towards that, right? Because they understand science, they understand math, they understand technology. Yeah, it's the way our system operates. So, like, I understand why there is a pushback in terms of the kind of programs that we run, and honestly. Um, not every school is even ready for it yeah there's certain schools hmm. who have like, the idea but certain schools also can't because they're like no. we've got a education system we've got a, these o levels that kids need to do we have 25 branches how do you think we're going to do this way? which is you know honestly got fair enough for right now but the fact that it's trickled into the system the fact that it started the fact that the change has begun it is going to take time but hmm. at least we're right trajectory that's all you can ask for really true true So actually, so so let's let's come back to after 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 school. I like the name, by the way. How did that come about? After after school. After school. Now after 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 program. Nice, nice. Again, after party. Uh, after. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um. So, how, what is this? What's the um, what's the trajectory looking like that for, uh, right now? Like you you've got material on. for uh, and you're going to collect you're continuing to collect material um yeah. for a particular age group or this is spanning out across a little bit open and i think as we grow we'll see which direction it falls in more but i think the age groups we're looking at is say like 4 5 all the way down to say 14 perhaps o levels ke baad i don't get anybody being as interested because like i said they have an agenda give you o levels that's it but yeah. uh, The younger lot, there are more exercises that can be done, but we can sort of rope in the fourteen-year-olds and the five-year-olds. But I think the 
main thing would be around 6 to 11, 6 to 12. And the kind of programs that we've so, uh, so far showcased have been different. So like I said, we've got like a little resources thing. You've got a QR code, you can access it. If you have resources you want to share, please share them. That's the thing. It's an open platform. It's not, let yeah. me tell you. Please tell me, you know. You guys are an I aggregator. Have... You guys are collecting everything yeah, together. Yeah. So instead of going on like this page and that page and this page, how about you just come here, pour it all, you know what you're looking for. Every Wednesday, you'll have a live session. You learn how these people do their stuff. Every Saturday, you'll have a demo session. You'll deal with it. And every week, we want to call on different people, right? So we've done a session with Little Medical School, which is basically, you know, kids. A Little Medical School. Yeah, it's a little medical school and <laughs> kids figuring out whether they want to be doctors or not. You know, we've got grassroots, which was English related. We had uh, Helen O'Grady, which was drama. We have, this week we have STEM 360. Okay, so we're doing a nice. session with them. We had uh, a Park Studies teacher come on who was like, hey, you know, you think that you just need to study your know, O-levels? Actually, start answering your questions right when you're 11. She did an entire session te teaching us how to break up your answers in a way that you should teaching me something too, actually. And next week and the weeks after, hopefully, I'm also looking to introduce teachers who teach dance, right? So Kathak and footwork or ballet or whatever, all of it comes together. That's the thing. It's like, that's not just recreational. That's actually great for you mentally. So different aspects of keeping the child active, be it mentally, be it physical or whatever, and how all of that sort of contributes. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, so Music also began. Yeah. You said you said music. Come, yeah. Hopefully, yes. That's also on the agenda at some point in time. Basic. Awesome. At least you get to do a class and then figure out whether that's the way you want to go on. Wow. Yeah. I wish this was there when I was a kid. I wish. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. And this is, honestly, I think this is great. Like I made a video on this when the whole um, lockdown started off and I was shitting my pants in terms of like the economics of it. Uh, and I was just thinking, I was like, well, okay, the virus is going to spread to Pakistan. How can we collectively create an impact? And this is yeah. your impact. I think this is like hats off to you and uh, Maria and Solat, you said? Yeah. Hats off to you guys. I but <laughs> damn. So as a final note, Anushe, let's wrap this up. I think this is actually, it's, it's great to see how it's all come full circle for you. And this has been one of those life lessons yeah. that yeah, everyone has to be patient to experience as well. Patience is Still being patient, man. Yeah. Hopefully five years later, the conversation will be different. Yeah. There'll be more, like, look at all of the things that have actually come to fruition. Inshallah. Inshallah. Well, better on give me a didn't. Uh, no, so, so if you could go back in time, Anusha, uh, and this is maybe something which you could keep in mind, your little babies that you're teaching right now, or the parents of those babies as well, uh, the biological parents of those babies. Um, but uh, <laughs> so if you could go back in time and you could meet your childhood self, what would you tell her? You don't have the answers. Just, just keep swimming. There's a reason we were told this in Finding Nemo. I think that was the movie. Yeah. It was. Just going, man. It, something or the other, we'll figure out. You don't know what it is. Just keep going. Sweet. So, all right. And you guys heard it. Anusha, once again, thank you so much for coming on. 
this is this is like a blast from the past um and it's also very interesting to see is that well we're both uh somehow like we're both we're, we're both struggling to do what really makes us happy as compared to struggling for um solving a problem or trying to find a solution or like to just you know make ends meet or something right and now it's such struggle is in a different capacity altogether so thank you thank you very much anusha thank you for having me anytime this was episode i don't know which one but you'll see it in the thumbnail and in the in the title of this podcast uh hope you guys liked it stay tuned for the next one i'm going to try and be more regular i promise till the next one take care everybody bye bye